In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is walking through a town on his way to Jerusalem, and ten lepers, diseased outcasts, see him and cry out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus heals them and he sends them to the temple where a priest can certify that they are free of leprosy. But only one, the leper, who was a Samaritan and thus thought to be ritually impure, truly understands, is truly deeply healed, and returns to thank Jesus. Jesus knows that the other nine do not have this understanding nor this thankfulness, and tells the Samaritan that his faith has made him well. That is, ten lepers were healed, but only one encountered salvation. So it is Thanksgiving Day, and we pause to give thanks to God, and today, based in remembrance of a shared meal in Plymouth, when after a very harsh year on their own, the pilgrims, who were really religious refugees, had a feast of Thanksgiving together with the Native Americans who taught them agriculture, fishing, and hunting skills so that they wouldn't starve. They shared vegetables and venison and turkey and perhaps some seafood. The Native Americans of what would become the Massachusetts and Rhode Island coasts and the Pilgrims were in many ways both refugees, displaced, their world and survival changing and challenged. The Native Americans have survived the equivalent of pandemics that plague killed a large portion of their population, and half of the Pilgrims died in the first four months after they landed on this continent. The pilgrims and the Native Americans had every reason not to get along with each other, as cultural suspicions existed on both sides, based on the experiences of other explorers with other tribes and the tribes with other explorers. In fact, Neither the pilgrims nor the Native Americans behaved well on their first encounters. But on this day they did, and there is much for us to learn from this Thanksgiving moment. At the pilgrims' lowest hour, two Native Americans, Samuel and Swanto, approached them peacefully and taught them how to raise crops in this new land fertilize and fish, how to hunt for deer in this environment, and how to hunt turkeys. This blossomed into cautious friendship between the pilgrims and the tribesmen, and the pilgrims brought some benefits to the tribesmen. This collaboration and survival was celebrated in Thanksgiving Day Feast. The story is familiar to us. I don't want to sugarcoat the story, however. But it was a good day after a hard year, and certainly harder years were to come. 
But asking a few questions leads us to a backstory. One of the Native Americans who taught the pilgrims there still spoke English. This was really helpful, but how did he learn English? Further, we can also ask if, while it was very generous and a part of their culture to share with the needy, for the Native Americans to help English survive, what was in it for the Native Americans? Granted, the English had superior firepower, but letting the cold and starvation do their work on the pilgrims might have solved any potential conflicts for the Native Americans. Well, let's start with uh, Squadro, an English speaker. His real name was the Squadron, and an English explorer, explorer had kidnapped him years earlier and took him to Spain, <coughs> where the explorer hoped to make a profit selling kidnapped Native Americans into slavery. Spanish friars intercepted this attempt, and Squadro was rescued by the friars and remained in Spain for a time. Eventually, he made his way to England, where he stayed with an English trader who was dealing with American opportunities. This is where Squadro learned the English language and the ways of the English. Eventually, the trader took Squadro back to England, where he made his way to his village, Patuxet, only to discover that the village had been wiped out by disease all his friends had died, and that disease had been brought to America by the explorers. Squanto joined with a neighboring tribe, the Hopinokets, led by a Narcissus, and it was in this context that Squanto, his kindness born of Solomon, encountered the pilgrims and was able to teach them survival skills. The other part of this history is that a political alliance between the pilgrims and the Pocanocas was a very useful tolerance to the tribes that were hostile to Massasoit's tribe. And further, the Pocanocas had been reduced by disease far more than his neighboring tribe, and this was a problem that Massasoit needed to solve. And Massasoit was thus present at the first Thanksgiving feast. This is all part of the backdrop for the Thanksgiving Day feast, and that was a moment more of collaboration than of dominance. Through time, the pilgrims and Squanto achieved peaceful agreements with many tribes, and thus this first Thanksgiving was a moment with tremendous potential. But not all the explorers and settlers were like the pilgrims. And through time, the tragedies of kidnapping, disease, King Philip's War, and the death and displacement of Native, Native people was the result. Yet we can still remember and hope for the spirit of the Thanksgiving moment and the nobility of those who helped the pilgrims survive and thrive in the feast. We can turn our hearts toward God, the God of hope, 
and thanks for all the blessings of this life. And we can follow the Spirit within us like our healed gospel lesson to receive the great gifts that are upon us as a hope for the healing of the wounds of time. The Samaritan leper, diseased in the Samaritan, the stubbly outcast, reached across the void of difference to Jesus. And Jesus reached back across this void and healed this leper's body and his soul. The pilgrims and the Native Americans found ways to live together and benefit one another for a time, reaching across their borders of fear and difference. They even established an ongoing protocol that when the pilgrims were coming to visit the Pocahontas, they would lay down the firearms and then enter the village. Similarly, the native Pocahontas would lay down their bows and arrows before they entered the pilgrim settlement. With the message of the first Thanksgiving, maybe that they found the way to be grateful for one another and grateful for their God. That's God with a small G, since they were different cultures at that time. But gratitude can lead to collaboration, and collaboration can lead to hope. Our world, our culture, even global culture, and certainly our technology emphasizes and aggregates our differences and our fears and thus our angers. Sometimes we are as lovers and outcasts to one another, failing to see the humanity and even the potential for holiness in which we all participate. Our nation and most parts of the world, separated by religion, culture, even by disease, would do well to seek gratitude and their common humanity before the divine and thus be healed. It is much needed. And at this time of grateful feast, let us be grateful to God and to one another. We're not so different. May Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. May we sense and live toward our I'll close with a prayer written by Chief Wise Owl, a much chief in the last century. I think it shows that we all can be grateful for the same things. To me, it almost sounds like uh, Walt Whitman, another great American poet. Great spirits, great spirits. I pray for all my people each day. I thank you for all the beautiful things you bless us with each day. Our beautiful families, the rising of the sun, the harvest from our gardens, from Mother Earth, for warm rains that fill our lakes and rivers, provide us with water to cool our dry throats, and fish to fill our hungry stomachs. We also thank you for the grassy meadows that feed our hungry creatures. We thank you for the trees with their leafy arms that reach for heaven, that give us shade and wood to build our homes, to protect us from the winter 
to give us shelter. Without the blessings from your great spirit and the comfort of your loving arms and generous heart, all your children would perish. 